basis. Lord, they hate to hear your message. Though I'm geared with your protection, your armor that I've been blessed with. No stressing when I'm trying to teach them all your lessons. They looking at me crazy like I got a weird perspective. Smeared faces. Lord, they hate to hear your message. Though I'm geared with your protection, your armor that I've been blessed with. No stressing when I'm trying to teach them all your lessons. They looking at me crazy like I got a weird perspective. Yo, that intro. It goes so hard, man. If y'all like the intro, y'all just need to get this video a like. Just if you like the intro. The intro is fire. I love it. It goes so hard. But anyway, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, YouTube watchers, Spotify listeners. My name is Derry, joined with my amazing new co-host, my brother in Christ, Mr. Raymond Woods. And this is The Weird Perspective. Season number two, episode number three. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all for rocking with us, man. We really appreciate it. Go ahead and give y'all boys a like and subscribe to the channel. We got to go. We're trying to hit a thousand subs by 2024. If we can hit a, a, a thousand subs this year, that'll be amazing. We was on a roll for a minute for like 30 days. I think I gained like 35 subs or something like that. So that was amazing. But we've been like sitting at 63 for a while. So listen, it's a new season. I think the content that we give is pretty good. So I'm going to need y'all to share this, like this video for the algorithm so more people can be exposed to it. And then if you haven't already, give your boy a subscribe. I got like, I know I got more than 63 people on my phone. All of them need to subscribe, so we're just going to leave it at that. But uh, welcome, man, to the Weird Perspective Podcast. Thank y'all for joining us, man. Ray, what's going yes, on, big dog? How you? March Madness. Um, my bracket is good. So, and look, look, people, don't be afraid to just hit random because I, I knew nothing about uh, college basketball. I like, I'm more of an NBA dude. So, yeah, yeah. At, at, our, at our office, you know, it's like, a freaking Christian holiday when March Madness started up. I, I, I was literally Christian holiday. Me, me and Barry work at the same spot, as you know. So I thought they were just going to do brackets, and then we would fill it out, and that would be done with it. But it's like they shut the day March Madness started. They shut the office down, turned through the TVs onto like different games, and it was just, and I was I was like trying to I'm working on like editing like a video. And I was like, well, I guess that ain't going to happen today. But, you know, my bracket's working out, so I may get some free gift cards about this. So, um. Yeah, yeah. The, the office, um, it definitely did. I, I didn't expect for it to be like that. But, man, that's pretty, it's pretty cool, man. We had some lunch, and um, people got a chance to check out a couple games. I still had to work. I still had stuff to do. So uh, I still was on my computer, even though the games was playing. But my bracket is... Uh, it's it's looking kind of eh. I was number one. I was at the top on Friday, but now um, I think we're in a three-way or four-way tie for the number one spot. Uh, Ray is in that, and then uh, shout out to our other co. Uh, I said co-host, co-worker Will. I think he's in there. I think he's in the top two, and then I can't remember the other person. But we'll see what happens, man. I never. I haven't done a. a in NCAA bracket since 2018, 2019. So it's been a while. I definitely do the NBA playoffs. I do I always do yeah. the NBA playoffs. Even if I don't do it with anybody, I always have a personal one that I just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tracking. So we're going to see, man. But yeah, this, it's been wild. It's a lot of, been, been a lot of upsets. It's been a lot of, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of people that got sent home. Um, press Princeton. The, the college Princeton is in there. I was like, what well, they put some computer chips in the basketballs or something? What's going on over there? <laughs> they, they won. Hey, but, hey, hey. but shout out to let, them, man. Shout out to them. <laughs> let let the let the nerds like come up, man. Let let them experience it come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, shout out, shout out to them, man. I hope you know. I hope they. I hope all the teams, whoever's supposed to win, just win. Do y'all think? I'm not even rooting for a team. Um, you know, so it's all good. But um, man, look, we got an amazing show lined up for you guys. We're gonna be talking about this is more of a lighter topic, 
it's more of a fun topic um but if you haven't known already the today's episode is called street preaching right the subtle approach or street preaching which one which one is more effective which one in today's way of the world should we be using right we we know that a lot of people have had their issues with some street preaching i've had my issues with some street preaching and i was just you know people out there with you know signs and and uh they got the bullhorn they just yelling saying a whole bunch of stuff a lot of condemnation a lot of True. condemnation no love they're not even giving the gospel I mean, if it was me and I heard some of the stuff that these people be saying, I I wouldn't respond. I'd be like, man, get up out of here. Like, there's nothing, there's no good news in what you're saying. Like, you know, it was just a whole lot of, you going to hell for this. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. Jesus hates you. It was like, whoa, whoa. So yeah, I have my issues with people who do uh, street evangelism or street preaching like that. Um, but there's also some really good examples of street preaching. Um and so I, I, I've experienced those as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into it today. What you think? I think I think there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. You know, um, and you said the key thing, not every time someone goes out and they hold up like a sign with the most like condemning scriptures. And, and look, all scripture is God breathed. So I, I'm not I'm not trying to like hate on any of it, but. You said not every everything in the word of God is the word of God, but not everything is the gospel. Even even in the word of God, it talks about putting away the old covenant and the new covenant coming about. So, I mean, if you're going out on the street and you're talking about the old covenant, you're talking about rabbinical law. I mean, if you go out, I'll say like this, if you go out with some of the scriptures from Leviticus, you know, you're going to get some sideways sideways looks, you know, and stuff like that. You have to divide the word rightly and you have to make sure that you're conveying the word right. Yeah. And so I think they're right in the wrong way to do evangelism, whether it's the street preaching approach or it's just, you know, sitting down and cutting up over some coffee. And so that's what I think is really important for us to discuss. That's why I'm excited. Okay. So what what do you prefer? Which one do you which one do you think is more effective or which one do you prefer to do? Which one? Okay, which one do I think is more which one do I prefer? I'll answer that one first. I prefer based on my temperament is the more like I would rather sit down with you over a cup of coffee and you know we can we can you know just catch up and we can talk. Um and then like I can talk about where I'm coming from. I could talk about like my faith in Christ, not hiding that. And then I can approach you like a human, like just a human being and not like I'm a used car salesman trying to get you to buy the latest model. Like, I like, look, I'm glad you're excited about that. But have you heard about this? You know, the new Jesus model. And then because I'm treating you like a consumer instead of like somebody that Jesus died for, you know, but that's what I prefer. Now, as for what I will do and as for what is most effective, that can be either or. Because I have like, I mean, believe it or not, I've probably said in a bunch of episodes before this how introverted I can feel and how my my background is introvert. But I have actually been out on the street corners like like downtown Chicago. Like this is this is like this is going back a little bit. But, you know, we were out there around Christmas time holding up big crosses and whatnot that said on one side it said Merry Christmas and on the other side it said I'll be back so you have the loving thing on one side then you have the threat on the other side um and so I've also like been like and it was in Orland Park we did this too where we would just stand on street corners just wave to people and just like you know be worshiping Jesus completely out of my comfort zone and, you know, I'm like, oh, and one thing we've done, too, and I've done this at a couple of churches I've been to is prayer walks. And that's when, you know, we walk around, you know, the neighborhood praying and, you know, just pray, like we'll pass by a house, we'll pray. And, you know, like if, you know, if someone we see walking along, you know, we can ask them if they want some prayer. And so that's that's kind of been my personal experience. And I give and on a really quick note, I give props to my mom and my dad who um are two of the most fearless Christians, two of the most fearless believers I've ever seen. 
in terms of not being sh- not being ashamed of Jesus. Like, um, and they have what's funny is they have really different approaches. My dad has a more God is real. You're wrong. Like the Bible is right. You know, it's really no like he'll like my dad will actually be able to just like just by sheer force of will get you to like just see things from a biblical worldview. My mom is more of like the baby. Let me pray for you. We'll, we'll be in. I've seen it. We'll be in line at Aldi's or something like that. You know. You know. You know. Jesus loves you. You know. Let 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 me lay hands on you and stuff like that. So I've seen. So I have my preference, but. I can't let my preference like dictate what what is effective because either or can be effective. It's just how you do it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, my my preference um is based on the what neighborhood we're going to. So I actually enjoy uh, street evangelism. Um my church we do it. We 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 do it uh we, we have calendar, uh, we have events where we go out and we do street evangelism. Uh, we have events where we go out and we just do uh, like homeless outreach where we just give them food and uh, you know toiletries and stuff, soap and, and all that water, whatever the basic essentials that they need and we serve them and we pray for them. Um, but street evangelism, I love it because when we do a street evangelism like in the neighborhood that my church is in, if you're from Chicago, you guys know like Madison and Pulaski. Like it's a whole bunch of shopping stores, and you know that it's also a high drug area. It's a lot of drug mm. traffic that comes through there. If we don't go out and preach the gospel to them dudes, who they gonna hear from? Cause they're not coming to church. Mm. And I think it, our approach is like subtle, is soft because we just simply walk up to people and be like, "Hey man, can can I talk to you about Jesus?" Most of the time, they're not going nowhere. Like, you pretty much on their corner where they selling or doing whatever they're doing. They're going to be there. And so those dudes will engage with you and have a real conversation with you about Jesus. And right there on the spot, you're able to give them truth. Right? You And, and they'll, they either going to you know, receive it or whatever it is. But you have an opportunity to have a real good conversation with these guys that are out there. Because they're outside. They ain't going nowhere. But you go to a place like downtown, man, these dudes ain't trying to hit at. Um, they they moving around. For downtown Chicago, it's very fast pace. People like, that get out of my way, move. I ain't trying to hit what you're trying to say. I'm trying to get where I got to go. Um, it's a little bit harder. Now, there are people who could hear the message and, and receive and get saved or whatever. But um, a lot of times, you ain't going to have a lot of meaningful conversation. So in those type of settings... I think it works best to just preach. Whether you're going to have a bullhorn or whatever you're going to do, just preach. Just share the gospel. And as people are walking by or whatever they're doing, they're going to hear it. And then who knows, right? The Bible says that one man plants, another man waters, but only God gives the increase. So we could preach. They might have heard it and then stop and respond to you at that moment. But later down the line, they might have heard it. I mean, uh, um, God gave the increase, right? And now they're saved and doing a thing for Jesus. And I actually know somebody personally, well, I know two guys personally that this happened to. Um, we got a guy at our church, young dude, that's been faithful at our church um, since our church started. When our very first evangelism, um, it was him and his brother, they were walking and we, sh- we talked to them, we shared the gospel with them, we prayed with them. And um, man, he's been coming to our church faithfully last three going on four years right he was one of the um like founding members so to speak um when our church first just got started so we've seen it happen with that and then also I'm, i have an experience of where i've seen a guy uh, we went out we preached the gospel um and then had like a real brief maybe three four minute interaction with him but then like a year and a half later, see this guy out doing the same thing that we was doing. We seen him, which was preaching the gospel. And he didn't come to our church. Uh, I don't know what church like that he was going to, but we seen him. And he re- he actually remembered um, one of the guys that we was with. And he was like, man, I remember when like he was out here preaching. And I was like, nah. I was like, you know, he was, he was denying it. He was rejecting it. And now a year and a half later, he was out there preaching the gospel. So you never know. 
how the Lord is going to move in these places. Um, and so I definitely like street preaching just because I, I feel like, man, like it's probably the only time that I'm going to get to actually talk to this person um, and be able to have a real conversation with them. Um, and so that's that's just my prefer. Now, the subtle approach <clears throat> or the relational approach is what I'll call it. Um, that could be it could be uh, hit or miss because you don't know. Well, what's the relationship like in the beginning? Um, so you might have a person that you know, right? And you might be able to like sit with them, go get some coffee and be able to talk about them, about their faith or what they believe in this and that. Um, then they might, it could be the, the same thing or what they reject it and they want to continue to do, just do them or live in their sin or whatever it is. And then do you continue? What's the, how deep is the relationship? Is this like your mom or you going to see her? Is this your dad? Is this your brother? Is this your cousin? Or is this just some like friend or is it a coworker that you're always going to be able to be able to have, a, uh, be able to catch them and have these conversations with? Go ahead. You can say something. Yeah. I remember uh, at my, at my older church, uh, Christian Life Center, Tinley Park. Uh, the pastor told a story about and he, he did a whole series on evangelism. He, he still speaks there. and he, he touches a lot on evangelism, every approach. And it's really good. And he said that when him and his wife and his three kids moved into a subdivision, they were next door neighbors to uh, just, you know, a pretty decent family, you know, a nice family. They didn't know Jesus. And they did the things they did life together as neighbors. You know, they would take the trash out. They would wave to each other, get the mail. Um, if they had a barbecue, maybe they would invite the other person over. Now, the thing is, the pastors, you know, they, they were following Jesus and the other family weren't. You know, they were just, I guess you could say, the average American family. But, you know, the pastor, you know, he had a burden for people, had a burden for people to know Jesus. And I guess he just modeled it. You know, I guess the way he would do it is... He would, he would, of course, invite invite them to church, you know, for I mean, which for a lot of Christians is a huge step. Just being able to say, hey, I, I go to this church, you know, we I mean, we, we love to have you. Me and my family, we take you out for dinner or for lunch afterwards. Always offer food. You know, that always helps. Even Jesus knew that if you're trying to invite people to church, offer lunch, too. You know, but he would keep. He would keep inviting, not belligerent, but if it was if it was Christmas time, like, yo, we got nativity service or whatever. And he would and I think he would do this, too. He would say as they would have their their conversations. And, you know, hey, how's your day? Um, did you catch the game? All right. I got to go. Oh, by the way, is there anything I could be praying for you for? Like and like anything at all. And then I think he would pray for them right there. If he would say, yeah, my mom is sick, you know, or man, like we're having this financial hardship. And I think it took two years um, before. And I'm, I'm condensing this story. But before this, this family, this person accepted Jesus. And it was like it was essentially like the long con. It was I mean, if he would have changed his approach, if he would have been a little bit more forceful. Like, you need to accept Jesus now. I don't know if you got tomorrow. I mean, which is true, but like approaches approaches can vary. Or if it would have been more of a thing like, hey, my family's Christian and I've talked to you about like 10 times now. It's obvious you don't want anything to do with the gospel. Um, so we're going to keep our distance from you. And we we want we'll be cordial, but I don't want anything to do with you as a friend, as a neighbor. We're we're just we're in the world and we're not of it. And he didn't do that either. So I think with the subtle approach, I look at it like this: you have your sphere of influence that you're in, be it your job, be it your your family. If you're a believer, if you follow Jesus, you know. Um, be it your coworkers or whatever. If you're in school, those are your classmates. Um, if you're in a neighborhood, these are your neighbors. And as you do life next to these people and with these people, you know, it's just letting your light shine. It's being, it's being, un, it's being unapologetic. 
you know, and modeling and modeling it. Like, yeah. So, so if your neighbor is like, you can invite them to church or you can say, man, like, uh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear you ain't been feeling well. You know what, man? I follow Jesus and I know Jesus wants you to be healed, man. You mind if I pray for you? And if they're feeling depressed, I mean, so, so it's, it's sort of just being, it's sort of just like modeling Jesus before them day in and day out. And then just seeing how that, you know, translates people and, and, and trans transforms people, you know? So there's, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, <clears throat> no, those are good examples. Um, and I think you're right. Um, when you're in close proximity to people like that, like neighbors and stuff like that, and people that you can see all the time, um, there's definitely, obviously you want to take the subtle approach and, you know, just share the gospel. Hey man, how can I pray for you? Stuff like that. Like those things go a, a, a lot longer of a way that you standing in front of our house. <laughs> yeah. With a bull on, you know, <laughs> it's like, fam, you live across the street. <laughs> you can go knock on their door. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, <clears throat> and let's see what the let's dive into the word. Let's see what the word is gonna say about some of these things. Uh, I want you to go first, man. Open up to uh, what do we find in the word as far as street preaching or um, and and the the relation or the subtle approach? Because I think we see both in scripture. But I want to um, allow you to share. So I got. I'll share three really quickly because we opened up. Um, I think I think we we can all touch on like Matthew 28, where it's like, go ye into all the world. So I think you may even bring that one up. So I'm going to go to three other scriptures that speak more to the style of uh, of ministering that I really like. And so this is from Acts 8 verses 30 through 35. I'll condense I'll condense it a little bit. But this is when Philip, you know, this is the book of Acts. So this is when the church is first starting to expand into different territories, into different ethnic groups. And this is a story of Philip encountering the uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. And so it says in scripture, Philip, you know, as, as we know, Philip was out and he saw, saw a chariot. And then the Holy Spirit, you know, said, go up to the chariot. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man who was the Ethiopian eunuch reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? How can I? He replied, unless someone explains it to me. My bad, hold so on, he, what, what verse are you in? You in Acts 8 verse what? Uh, I just started eight, uh, Acts 8 verse 31. Gotcha. And so the Ethiopian eunuch replied, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his ascendance? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who was a prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Um, I just like that because to me, this is two men sitting, it's, it's Holy Spirit ordained because like that, that's just a divine appointment. Um, you know that, I mean, I don't know if Philip was prepared to share the gospel that day to run up to, I mean, I, I guess that's being ready in season and out of season. But I read this and I see no exclamation points. I mean, no one's yelling like back and forth at each other. These are two men having a discussion. And this is Philip who has the good news, being able to share it with the heart that's open to uh, to receive it as the Holy Spirit like told him to do. And so I just really think this models like how just to explain. I mean, and for anyone who knows the story, this dude got so saved. He was like, I want to get baptized now. So they actually pulled over the chariot, jumped out and, and baptized. So I just think that speaks to a style of doing it. And I want to say something really quickly, like. You think about healing, I, I hope at the end of this uh, podcast is not like there's only one definitive way to minister. 
You know, just like there isn't only one way that we've seen people in scripture get healed. You know, you have people get healed from the land on the hands. You have people get healed by Paul's shadow. I think it was either Paul or Peter's shadow passing over somebody or a cloth hitting somebody or someone spitting on some dirt. Jesus spitting on some dirt and put it putting it in someone's eyes. So. I think the Holy Spirit is saying there's more than one way for someone to get healed and there's more than one way to be ministered to. So I want to say that. All right. Let, let me read these two really quickly. This is on Mark 5, 18 through 20. This is after Jesus had healed the demoniac, the man who was possessed with all those demons, uh, Legion. And this is the end of that story. As Jesus was getting into the boat, Mark 5, verse 18. The man who had been possessed by the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus would not allow him. Go home to your own people, he said, and tell them, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and what mercy he has shown, uh, and what mercy he has shown you. So the man went away and began to proclaim throughout the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. And I'll keep this one short. Matthew 8. Verse three, uh, verses three and four, Jesus heals the leper. So check out this piece of scripture. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man who was leprous. Uh, I am willing, as in I'm willing to heal you. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So, I mean, I think the, uh, the, the leprous guy went and told people anyway, but what I like about those two scriptures is that it's what is when you go to people to proclaim the gospel, it's like, what do you, what service are you performing? Like, how are you like, I think someone once said, like, are you going to minister to the physical first before you minister to the spiritual? Because ministering to the physical, like ministering to the soul before you minister to the spirit kind of gives you like an entryway. So if you see somebody is sick, ministering to their body. If you see somebody is hungry, why don't you feed them first? Get Give them a full belly before you give them the gospel. You know, so I really like how Jesus could take care of somebody's like physical needs and he can heal their body, he can heal them a demon possession. And then it's like, you know, and, and, and then I can establish you, then I can make you a minister, then I can do all these things for you. So I, I just I just like how Jesus would minister first to the outside and then to the inside. So yeah. Oh, definitely. Um <clears throat> that's some good points. That's some good points. Uh I, I, I like that, and I think um, well, I'll get in and get into that. But also, before I dive into my part um, and respond, and I want everybody listening, like this is not a debate; we're just having a discussion. Um, yeah. Like he said, there isn't like a man. I think this part is 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 better, so we need to do this. It's like it's both and, right? But we want to clarify when is the proper time to do those. Right. Um, what setting, uh, what people do you go to? So, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I think also when we're thinking about like street evangelism and, and man, like I think you need to be called hmm. to do street evangelism because the fact that we've seen it done so wrong um, by so many different people and denominations and other religions and all that stuff that could be really like just offsetting um you ha- i think you should be called like it- it's a gift to be able to talk publicly and being able to articulate yourself and actually grabbing people's ear and making it to a place where they 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 want to hear you speak right um it's the way the way you speak or in in, in in your cadence and all that stuff like things that i'm practicing as we do this podcast like nobody wants to hear somebody just get up there and just start blabbering a whole bunch of stuff um yeah. and they're like what is this dude talking about right you're not even clear um and so you should be called right at first and then you should it should be done in love like if you're gonna preach the gospel there shouldn't be any hate it shouldn't be any anger we see like jonah right like Jonah, what's the word? He uh, reluctant, reluctantly to- shared, shared the gospel to the Gentiles. 
He didn't want to. He's like, man, just kill them all, Jesus. I ain't going to preach nothing. And God was like, all right, you being disobedient, threw him in the well. Uh, he was in the belly of a well for three days, blah, blah, blah. But, um, and then he eventually went, but he didn't want to. Mm -mm. He was just like, man, but when he went and he did, he was obedient, even though he didn't want to do it. He was still obedient. People got saved. True. Right? People came to know uh, about Jesus. And so... Uh, that would be my um, encouragement to those who are interested or who are already going out doing uh, street evangelism is to really be prayed up when you go. Like, Make sure this is what the Lord would have you to do in the neighborhood that he would have you to do it because, man, you can go out there and you can get whooped. Like we seen that in the, in the, in the Bible. It was some, <laughs> who was the disciples? Oh, man, I can't think of the story right now, but they... They was trying to cast out the demon and do whoop them. Like he, that was um yeah, that was the seven sons. I just heard this um the story again. That was the seven sons of Skeva. And they were like they were kids of like a local rabbi or something. Yeah. And people say the Bible don't got no jokes. That's one Look, of the funniest like that was a funny bro. Could you imagine if, if they put that in like what's that? What's the the show? The uh, the chosen? Oh. They need Yo, to put that. They need to put that in the chosen. Listen, I don't know if anybody got some connections with the people who make the chosen. Look, put that in one of the scenes of the show because that'll just be hilarious, man. The Bible got drama. We a world that's entertained by drama. We love drama. The Bible got plenty of drama for us. Um, and the but, Bible got jokes. Dang it. Yeah, it, 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 it got some. The Bible got jokes. You but know, I mean, no even people. the demons, bro. This, this is what the demons said. They said, "Peter, we know." I think I forgot the other person that they said, but they was like, Peter, we know. The other dude, we know. We don't know who y'all is. Ink. <laughs> just started yeah. whooping them. So, and that's, that's just like, how do, you, how do you just sit up and have that? Because I'm sure they were like, like looking at the demon, and then the demon was just like, wait a minute. I know Jesus, and I know Paul. I don't know you. And then you just get flexed on. You just get whooped. So that is real that's real stuff like when you go out here you got to make sure you be prayed up because you can go yeah. out here and you can literally get yourself in some trouble right and we know that the bible says that they're gonna persecute you because of me but when you go out here you start coming at known gang bangers and you start trying to rebuke them in jesus name and calling them names and saying stuff and then you wind up getting moved on bruh you know what i'm saying like just make sure that you are prayed up and that this is what you've been called to do in the area that you've been called to uh, preach in because it get real dangerous out there you know what i'm saying um so yeah that's 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 my first point man make sure that we're doing these things prayerfully make sure we're doing these things in love make sure our, you know our attitudes are right um and we're not looking at people as like i got the secret sauce you know i got the special sauce and y'all need to get on my level because no, you were once a sinner as well. We're all still sinner because we all still fall short of the glory. It ain't about uh, if you sin, but when you sin. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You should be sinning less, but eventually there's gonna be some unwilling sins that you might stumble and fall into, right? And so we just gotta make sure that we have the, the compassion for this person, man. Um, I always like to think about it as like, if I know that there's a big sale or there's a deal or something, that I that that I know of, I want to tell everybody about it. It's you know I want hey look go over here on such and such street man they giving out you know turkeys or whatever it is right we want to tell our friends and our family about the stuff that we're excited about like look man they giving this out for free man go get that money or whatever. I want to do the same thing with the gospel. Even that. even more with the gospel right and so not just to my family and friends but to everybody because it's a free gift for everybody so. Um, yeah and then um but getting in um diving into the word man when, you, when i read through the gospels i see jesus preaching in the street more than i see him preaching in the synagogue right like in, in the church um and i see him challenging and rebuking people publicly in the open um and that is probably my primary source of like why we should still do street preaching. We should still be out here. No matter how crazy the world is, there's going to be people who you're not going to have 
uh, contact with. You're never going to probably see this person. This person probably is never going to hear the gospel ever. They're never going to step foot in the church. Um, they could be another whole, a whole nother race. They could be Muslim, you know, Buddhist, whatever. But you're out preaching and they hear this message and they're like, hold on, man. Like he's talking about this Jesus. I heard about Jesus, but I'm not sure. Um, man, you know, that can, that can spark something. We actually, we do evangelism, um, in front of our church before service. Um, Mm. and we just ran into a young lady and you would think, right? 2023, you would think like at least every black person has heard the gospel, especially in Chicago, because on the West side, there's 109 churches that are listed on Google. It's probably more than that. That ain't listed, but it's 109 churches on the West side. Just the west side. We ain't even talking about the south side. Just the west side. You would think, like, man, that she heard the gospel. Uh, mm. Big mama prayed for her. Something, right? This girl, she knew a little bit about religion, Jesus. She told us, man, nobody has ever shared that message that you just told me. And she was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do some research on what you just told me. She was like, I really appreciate that. And she was like, she, had, she probably was about in her mid-20s. Um, she had never heard the gospel. So there's still people in this world that have never heard the gospel. Yeah. And this girl who lives, um, she said she was going home. I'm assuming she lives over here on the West side, but man, she ain't heard the gospel. So how many more people, especially in today's age where Bible literacy is on the decline, church attendance is on the decline. People ain't hearing the gospel. So street preaching is another way to be out here to share the gospel uh, with people who might not never hear it because they're not going to go to church. Um, And so when I read through the gospels, man, I I see, you know, Jesus, him preaching uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, uh, What's the other? What's the other? It's the book in the book of Mark. Uh, Actually, let me just go here really quick to. Luke, I'm gonna just pull it up on my phone. It's faster and I could just read it. Um, but we got the Luke and it's chapter six, verse 17. Um, and this is um this is Jesus teaching, he, this is right before he teaches the Beatitudes. Um, this is the Sermon of the Mount. So we see it's that after coming down with them he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great multi- and a great number of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and from the sea coast of Tyron and Sidon come here uh, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those tortured by unclean spirits were made well the whole crowd was trying to touch him because the power was coming out of him and healing them all. And so this is right before he starts the Sermon of the Mount. So as we see, like, again, Jesus preaching large crowds, um, not just to Jews, but also to Gentiles as well. Um, he, he was preaching. And then there's another there's another I mean, through the whole book of Acts. You see people being preached to publicly and then being saved. Um, Acts chapter two, right at the day of Pentecost, starting right at chapter one. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they all were together on place suddenly. Um, like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole place or the whole house where they were staying. And they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so here again, preaching outside to abundance of people. Um, As you continue to read, you know, there was about 3000 people that got saved and people that were filled with the Spirit of God from public preaching. And so I think I think to be honest, this is my personal opinion. I think revival happens in public in public preaching just like we see in the day of pentecost revival happened people got filled with the spirit people start speaking in tongues 
thousands of people got saved and i'm pretty sure they took that and they went and they started to um <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> and they started to preach the gospel to their family and to their friends and i believe that's where the subtle approach comes in right with, with all the points that you just made i think that's where it comes in is where man bro i just went to church i just heard the gospel and let me just give to you what what i had i mean you went to church yeah i went to church man this is what i this is what i heard i heard this good news about this guy named jesus man and how he could save us from our sins and you know if we start to live for him we can have eternal life with him in, in heaven man he got mansions and streets of gold and all this stuff like man like you should you should come and check it out um mm. you know i think that's where the subtle uh, subtle approach comes in but i think street preaching the mission uh behind it and, and the power that it can be can be like things that we see in acts chapter 2 the day of pentecost where you see an abundance of people get saved um, there's other, other times in the gospels where you see jesus preaching he's feeding five thousand. well at one point he's feeding four thousand. all of those are public and he's preaching to all of these people they've been following him for days and he's giving them the word and and he's even healing folks and so um there is also a thing with like uh sharing a meal or breaking bread with people um that can go a long way and i think that's why like homeless ministries and stuff like that are so important because when you give somebody when you get when you meet a person's need they're a lot more uh willing willing to listen to you yeah you're not, you're not just coming like hey man you need to repent of your sins man like today you're gonna die you're gonna go to hell i think there's a time and a place for that but when people you don't know uh, a lot of times you know the subtle approach is a lot better it's like man look man what you need all right man we got some food over here we got some clothes blah 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 and then being able to have a conversation with them you know like when we go out and do homeless ministry it's a whole lot of like how did you get out here and just being real you know polite and not invading their space and being forceful with it so um yeah no. I, I just thought too like um this came to me while you're talking like it's like when Jesus first started calling the disciples and he will call one and then they will go tell like, I think this is in Luke where they will go tell their brothers. Now, I didn't have this pulled up, but I really like that too, because you see like, I think it's like Jesus called Matthew or Jesus called John. And then they went and told their brother, Andrew. And I could just think about that with my brothers. Like when we hear some good news and we want to share it, that just seemed really personal to me. Now, this is life changing news. And these like became the the people on which the church was built, like the very foundation of the church. But it just came from like two brothers having a conversation. One brother had just life changing stuff and he just went to his brother and he talked and he talked to him. Yeah. So I just thought about that. So, yeah. Alexa, Alexa, love jumping in our convo, don't you? I got see. I just tried to mute it and say Alexa. Stop. <laughs> Alexa, she be like, "I'm gonna be on the podcast. I'm gonna let me in there." Oh, to get sponsorship, people. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, nah, but that's that's some good stuff, man. So, what do what do we? Uh, <clears throat> so, what's the what's the point of this? Well, man, what are we trying to convey to the church, right? To the body of Christ, capital C. What do, that's what, what what you said like a second ago something I hadn't thought of because I think the best thing we can do whenever we want to figure out how to do something well as Christians is study how Jesus did it. I mean, yeah, we wanna we wanna look at the other gospels. We wanna see like how Paul walked it out because you know that's still important. Like how how Paul walked out the gospel was important, but I love how Jesus would model evangelism. And one thing I say like this, one thing I would like to see more of is meeting people's needs in evangelism, because I think that and I, and I look at myself and um, I find that to be something that I kind of struggle with. Like, man, when I'm in the store and I may kind of feel prompted if I see somebody, you know, about to pay for their groceries, I'm like, how much of a, of a would it be if I walked up to that person? 
I think I think I actually did this once. I walked up to the I walked up to this person. I just said, "Hey, can I pay for your groceries?" And they'll be like, "Why?" And I'll just be like, "Man, Jesus told me to pay for your groceries, or that's something Jesus wanted me to do." I think sometimes we neglect how much meeting somebody's needs can open the door. You know, just um, when we're going through the drive-through, like paying for somebody's meal, like if we're out and we see somebody struggling, just offering to just just help them out, and then just say, "Jesus told me to to help you out." Like I've heard so many stories of people doing that, and just um, how much of a blessing it is. I mean, I mean, one one other thing when when we look at how they did things i think also it's good to pay attention to how society has has changed now the bible is the one constant you you we never want to deviate from scripture and how like and how and, and just the, the bedrock foundations of scripture we never deviate from that so uh, culture can do whatever culture wants to do but i think like if if back in the day if they had one way of teaching if they had a method of teaching and public declarations and that's the way they did thing i think i think it's important to learn from that but i think like it's like in chicago on the metro we have the quiet car and it's like if somebody got up in the middle of the quiet car and started proclaiming the gospel you know they will probably get shouted down because it's like you got a bunch of people who want quiet they're like they're studying their briefs for today they're studying like what they have to do at work so it's like you have to kind of tailor what you do to the to the situation and not not saying you're ashamed of anything but i think like nowadays i just think with everyone so in in their own world and so kind of like they have up their walls they walk around with their big headphones on their faces in their phone when you invade talk about my headphones yeah. I just oh, no. <laughs> no. those are those are holy headphones uh they i mean i mean like when you when you see somebody out on the street and they're in their own world invading that person's space it seems like the stakes are higher are, are so high they're like they're higher than they've ever been and just when you're able to capture that person's attention, you know, they, they, they're purposefully trying to keep people out. You know, they're trying to keep people at a distance. So when they see the person yelling now, they have that much more of a distance between them. And when they see the person just kind of like shouting at them and, and doing all that stuff. So I think being able to just engage with them, I think on a one on one level. I just think it's an art. I, I just think, yeah, I think it's a calling too, but I just think being able to just interrupt somebody and just say like, hey, I saw you walking. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Or can I tell you about Jesus? I just think, I just think the subtle approach now, nowadays with how people have up their walls, I'm not saying it's the only way we could do evangelism, but I think it's just become that much more essential. You know, back in the day, like it was easy to get up in the town square, I think, and maybe just make a public dec declaration of Christ. And I believe that's still needed. You know, I mean, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. But I think being able to meet somebody where they are in their own space is, you know, becoming even more important. I mean, that's kind of what I would say for the for the subtle approach, you know. Yeah. No, I, and I hear that. But I also think that. Um things like big headphones and stuff like that. I think the enemy could use some of those things sometimes, man, to keep people, to keep us drowned out. I think the church has done over the years, they've done a terrible job at addressing things. Well, number one, caring for people, right? Like you have, this is my issue with mega churches. So um, if anybody listening to this, if you don't know me personally, um, you'll learn very fast that I have an issue with like mega churches, right? Um, because these are churches that bring in like millions and millions of dollars. And what are they doing with it? Besides bringing in more millions and millions of dollars. If the church would rise up and be what the church is supposed to be, um, then homelessness should be very low 
Mm. We understand like there's people with mental illness. We understand that there's people who are choosing that, right? You can't force nobody to be better. But in these situations like homelessness, right? Um, even situations like, like abortion, we're so quick to just vote and talk about it when the elections come up. But then you ask the question, it's like, well, how many women that you knew had an abortion that you reached out to and was like, hey, man, what do you need? You need some diapers? You need a place to stay? Like, what's going on? Why do you want to get rid of your baby? Hmm. How many churches have rised up? Now, I'm not saying no churches have, but we've lost our influence. We haven't called out sin publicly. When is when, when sin is public, it needs to be called out public. We haven't we haven't called out these like these preachers that preach this this watered down gospel or like no gospel at all. They're pushing this prosperity stuff of speaking to your wallets and manifesting all these things and just really making your your life of your life with Jesus is all about you having money and having cars and clothes and all this other stuff. Um, and and pushing this this you know pushing false narrative of what it means to be a Christian and we haven't done a good job of calling those things out and correcting them and it's because we've been quiet that now these people who have their voices are just a little bit higher than ours the people with the loudest voice get all the attention and so that's why I think that street preaching and, and, and obviously healthy right Christ-centered street preaching needs to rise back up and we need to get back out here in the streets because people are being distracted by like headphones um, the whole thing like hey don't don't talk to me and then you still got you know people having phobias of COVID and you know man you gonna walk up to me and talk to me man put a mask on but it's like look bro I don't need no mask I'm a hundred feet away, but you can hear me. Jesus yeah. loves you. Hey, have you have you heard the gospel? Well, let me tell you, right? We need to be loud um, in our approach. We need to be louder in our approach um, and not be quiet anymore because we've lost our influence from being quiet and not stepping in and not stepping up and talking about these things that needed to be addressed. So, um, <clears throat> and talking about sin, you know, but people don't want to talk about sin no more. It's just be like, you do you, man. If that's what works for you, then I right, cool. But it's like, fam, if a dude is out here cheating on his wife, look, Ray, as my as my friend, if you ever see me in the street and you see me with another woman that's not my wife, and you don't correct me, fam, <laughs> you have to. If I see you in the street with some woman that ain't your wife, I'm gonna be like, hey, yo, let me holler at you real quick. Who's that? You be like, oh, that's my love. You know, my love. You did. I'll be like, uh, uh, hey, hold on, fam. It's not funny. But thank you, man. Thank you for even. Thank you for asking first, because my I do kick it with my sister a lot. <laughs> You'll be able to tell because as soon as me and my sister smile, you will be like, oh, that's Ray's sister. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. But it's just like y'all. I'm talking about dudes that be out. You literally see them. They boo booed up and they grabbing the wayside and. Holding hands and all this other stuff. It's like, bro, I'm not gonna just drive by like, oh, that's Ray. Man, who was that chick he was with? I'm gonna be like, Skirt, let me holler at you real quick, man. What's going on? You uh who who that? And if you as a Christian man say something that's not Christian, fam, <laughs> we gotta have a real conversation about what you doing and what's going on. Because dude, that's sin. And the Bible is clear and it says. Hey man, when you see your brother stumbling, you see your brother in sin, man, you go and correct that brother. But be careful that you don't fall into sin. Right? Like, and I, I think that the church overall has lost that. It's just like, man, let them do whatever. Well, when we do find preachers or pastors that fall into sin, you know, ah man, they give them a little slap on the wrist, man. They might step down for a couple weeks and then week number three, they back in the pulpit preaching again. We're like, hold on, fam. Like, no counseling, no dude ain't even repent to the congregation or nothing. He just back up there preaching. It's like, nah, so we gotta do better of of of, of holding holiness of living holiness and displaying holiness and righteousness and dealing with these things of, of, of sin because now we have people that are 
have louder voices and they're saying this isn't sin and this isn't sin and it's clearly in the Bible that it is. Um, we, we, we've lost our we've lost our influence. We lost our voice. Um, and I think with street preaching, uh, street evangelism, we get our voice back. We can have a very loud voice until they until they silence us and uh, they tell us it's illegal yeah. to do that. But right now, you still got these freedoms. We need to use them. And while and like look, why it says in the word, while it's still day, you know, work, you know, because because night is coming. And I like what you said. It's like because I know knowing you, when you will go out and if like if and when you go out and street preach, it's not going to be burning hell, you know, all gay people like like blah 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 blah. It's go you you will have to lead in love because because yeah. like even the truth if it if it's not accompanied by love. You know, so I would rather I mean, I, I rarely I haven't heard a lot of the street preachers who go out and they say and they're not going to quote the scriptures like, hey, like the good news is God, because of what Jesus is, God is not holding any any sins against you. God is not mad at you. I rarely hear a street preacher say God is not mad at you because of what Jesus did. He has like reconciled you. You just have to accept it. You just have to believe it. God, I, I rarely I mean, if I heard more of that. You know, the truth is the truth. Like whether you like proclaiming from a bullhorn or you whisper it into your neighbor's ear. So I would love to hear more of that. And I think too, like there's a, so if I heard more of that, you know, I wouldn't have an issue. And I think too, like there's, there's a difference between like maintaining relationships and maintaining standards in the body of Christ. And this is a whole nother podcast versus evangelizing to people who don't know Jesus. Cause like, it's like like the whole thing of homosexuality in the church i mean that's i mean if if we have to talk with brothers and sisters about these issues and and stuff like that it's a different discussion than if it's a brother or sister in christ versus if it's someone who doesn't know jesus because if you don't know jesus whether you gay whether you get and this is a this is a can of worms i'm not trying it's, it's like i say it like this I heard I heard a pastor who, who I really dig, and he and he was talking about you know uh, drag queens um, being able to read read the kids, and um, or or like the transgender bathroom issue, and he was like, this is just indicative of moral decay. This is this is like just terrible. This is wrong, and um. And we need to like reclaim this country. We need to do this. And I'm like, okay. I mean, some stuff I kind of rock with, some stuff I don't. But I'm like, my first question would be, does this person know Jesus? Like the drag queen or the person who's gay affirming or living in a gay lifestyle? Because if they don't know Jesus, you know, if they go to the washroom as a transgender versus a person who goes to the washroom as a straight person, and they both die they die oh that's a horn outside and they both die on the toilet one person does not go to gay hell and then the other person does not go to to, to straight hell there, there there's the one hell for the person who has not accepted jesus my my point is there's the people who have not accepted jesus and then there's the people who have accepted jesus dealing with the people who have accepted jesus to me to me is different than dealing with the people who have not accepted Jesus. My point is like, if, if you have not accepted Jesus, my point is just to bring you to the foot of the cross. Your straightness does not qualify. Right. You're, you're right. like, like none, none of that. So I can't come at you. I could just, I like my, my goal is not to get, my goal if you are not saved is not to get you to fit into a moral box. It's not to get the gay person to be straight. It's not to get the drag queen to put on a button-down shirt. It's to get the dead person to live. Yeah. And then once, once, once they're brought to life, what is that kingdom mentality like? What is that biblical manhood like? What is that biblical womanhood like? That's a whole nother discussion. But I think like just evangelism, if evangelism itself, reaching out to unbelievers, man, that's about that's about reaching out to the walking dead, you know. To to quote a very popular show, yeah, and trying. So I think the difference is between the two really quick, and I know we gotta we gotta wrap it up and, and get up out of here. But the difference between the two is 
One person knows Jesus. So I'm holding you to the standard that you have accepted to live by. You're saying that you're a Christian, then I'm holding you to the standard of a Christian. Not my rules, not raised rules, but what the Bible says, Jesus' rules of how he said we should live. That's what I'm holding you to. This is a standard that once you confess Jesus, you are now accepting to live according to how Jesus tells us to live, right? And the other person, I'm just trying to inform you of how amazing Jesus is. And then the ball's in your court on whether you want to accept it or not. I'm just giving you the good news of the gospel. That's all I'm doing. Hey, Jesus loves you. May he die for you. And then you take it and do with that as you as you will. And, and, and some people, you know, you got to have a deeper conversation because people like Muslims know about Jesus, but they don't they deny his divinity. They deny who he truly is. So it's a different conversation. But ultimately, that's my approach to the different people's groups. Right. Whether you a gangbanger, whether you homosexual, whether you whatever. Sin is sin. So I'm going to be like, hey, you need to repent. Jesus died for that sin, blah, blah, blah. Then we go from there. Um, And so, yeah, that's that's really my my, my, my thought, you know, process. I feel you. I feel you. So in closing, man, I think there is a time and a place for both, right? Street preaching, I think we as Christians, we need to get our voice back, right? We need to influence the world like we used to once upon a time. Um, um, and now I just think that we're quiet, we're timid, and we're not holding that up. And I think street preaching is a way for us to get our voices back, right? We have people who, like you said, they're walking around with headphones on. They kind of tune people out for good or for bad reasons, right? Whatever it is, they might just be like, man, I'm listening to some music today. I'm just chilling. And then, but um, street preaching is a way um for they probably can hear you if you got a really good bullhorn and you loud enough. Ooh, like, what this dude talking about? They might be like, what do you say? Oh, okay. Let me hear this dude talking about Jesus. Now they might stop and say, I'm gonna listen to what he's talking about. Or they might keep it keep it moving. Um, but what like we said earlier, one man sows, one man plants, another man waters, but God gives the increase. Right? And so we just have to make sure that we're doing what we're called to do, which is go to all the nations. And make disciples that make disciples. The only way we're going to make disciples is when we open up our mouth and start having real conversations about who Jesus is and why we should follow him. Um, and, that, and that's it. The subtle approach. I love it um, because I, I think that, you know, the people in my neighborhood, people that I'm close to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got a guy that lived downstairs from me. That's what I would apply the subtle approach to him. man. Like when I see him chilling. He on the porch or whatever. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on, man? Like, hey, man, come. Here go a flight to my church. Or, man, yo, can I talk to you about Jesus? Like, you know, I've been living where I live for, like, over two years. And I, I've had, like, at least three conversations with him where I've shared the gospel with him. Not just to him, mm-hmm. but to his friends. Like, all of them. And so I think that um that that's a subtle approach. Going down there, meeting them where they're at, right? They on the porch, kicking and doing whatever they're doing. Um, and it's like, man, go down there and have a conversation with him. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Hey, can I talk to y'all about Jesus? And they either gonna say yeah or they gonna say no. It's like, well, I offer it. But every time I see you, I'm gonna be like, hey, man, what's up, man? When you gonna start coming to church? And it could sound like joking and it could sound playful, but I have a relationship with him. And every time I see him, it's not just like Jesus, 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 but it's like, hey, man, how you doing? You got into it with your brother uh, the other night, man. How, how, how you doing? Man, can I pray for you? And they go from there. Right. Um, those are the type of situations where like the subtle approach is like needed. You know what I'm saying? And uh, probably best applied. So. I would um, yeah, in closing, I would just say what, what's on my heart is be be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because um, he'll he'll let you know, like what approach to you, what like what words to say. It even says like in the Bible, like, you know, he, he'll even give you the right words to say at the right time. Be, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you know, and th- this is something I need to grow in a lot. Like when you out and just when you feel when you in line at the grocery store and you, and you feel prompted to tell the cashier, man, man, thank you, man. Jesus loves you. man. Or when you're prompted, when you see like the young man or the young lady crying out in the street 
and you walk up to him and you feel prompted you just be like man are you are you okay can i pray for you man like i, I know jesus you know and uh you know i know he cares about what you're going through can i pray with you like no no pressure you know um so i would just say be be sensitive to the holy spirit you know and uh he'll he'll let you know what to do what to say as you walk with them as you leave your house you know they're like the the field is ripe you know like the workers are few so when you leave the house it could just be a prayer you know like lord um who do you want me to speak to today how do you want me to shine like what do you want me to do and when you open yourself up like that i believe he will lead you amen yeah. amen bro um man look man we gotta get up out of here um appreciate y'all for watching this if you watching this on youtube if you listening to this on spotify again man give us a like subscribe to the channel share the video listen uh but no in all serious no for real appreciate y'all um we got to get up out here man next week we got a, another amazing episode coming to you guys ray what are we gonna be talking about next week i think we're talking about uh it's time for christians to level up i think that was the one we talked about to, to level up in what way people i should have been more ready for this question, for this question. <laughs> that, so I, I got the i got the i got the episode listed i got the episode listed in front of me so i was like man, what are we talking about next week and I, no it's leveling up from the perspective of as christians right we can no longer continue to make whack content oh wow like we, we gotta be like you know i think i think the music is is getting better um, we got to work on the movies. We got really good shows like The Chosen. There's a couple good Christian movies that are out there right now that are really good. Um, a Case for Christ is a really good movie. Probably the last Christian movie that I've seen. Um, but there, there's some, there's some, you know, the budgets are getting a little bit bigger for the Christian content. But we got to continue all other areas as well. Oh, we got to level up, man. That's the only way we gonna, we got to fight for our influence back, like I was saying earlier. I'm just gonna say this is gonna be part one of the discussion. This is gonna be a month. This is gonna be leveling up part one because we're gonna we're gonna look at music, movies, culture. So just tune tune in for part one of that discussion, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So right, you well, get you your recommendations. So. Uh, we could do uh, we could do multiple. We could do part one, part two, part three. I'm down for it. Um, but yeah, we gonna we gonna have some fun. We're gonna bring y'all some. I don't know how we got to talk about how we can implement some music because there's some music that I'm just like, this is not good. <laughs> there's some other music that I'm like, this is good. And so we'll see. We're going to work it out. But man, y'all stay tuned for that next week here on The Weird Perspective. My name is Derry. It's my co-host, Mr. Raymond Woods. It's been real. We love y'all. Y'all have a good one. Until the next one, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. God bless you.